We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brian, now if we're talking about the Notre Dame defense versus the Stanford offense, this is the side, this is the matchup where you feel best about right now because Notre Dame has been, for the most part this year, an elite level defense, a top 10 unit in college football. They've been very good. We've talked about their biggest performances against some of the best offenses on their schedule. We've talked about on the week to week perspective, Al Golden's growth as a defensive play caller. Talked about the offense, uh, the defensive personnel in general that has been playing so well. The Cam Hart's of the world, the Benjamin Morrison's, the interior defensive line has been fantastic throughout most of the season. And Xavier Watts putting together an all-American caliber year at safety as well. So Notre Dame defense has been playing wet really well throughout the entirety of this season. The Stanford offense is a very weird <laughs> unit. There's a couple games where you're like, okay, I see some flashes there because yeah. They have some skill position talent. They do. Like the Ayo Menor kid is a talented kid at wide receiver. I know Benjamin Urasek's out, but he is a very talented tight end when they have him out. The Roush kid's not bad, Ryan. The kid that's yeah. replaced Urasek, he's not bad. He's not bad at all. And then they have a couple capable running backs. I mean, EJ Smith is still back, you know, battling back from the injury from last year and all that. But Casey Filkins played in this game last year, had a Almost couple went nice for 100 runs. Against yeah. Notre Dame last year, yeah. So, they have some offensive talent. Tiger Bachmeyer at wide receiver as a freshman. So they have some they have some decent young offensive talent. I mean, I just mentioned A. Menor is a sophomore. Roush is a, a freshman. Tiger Bachmeyer is a freshman. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're all coming back next year, barring entering transfer portals and all that great conversation, right? They're going to be back. So they have some young guys that you can get excited about. Ashton Daniels has had some solid play at times at quarterback as well. He's only a true sophomore. So they have some young guys that, have put together flashes. But for the most part, they've been a well below average offense because, and we'll start key number one here, right? Because I think this is a great way to illustrate it. You got to dominate the line of scrimmage. Because if there is a, there if there is a negative, the biggest negative on this Notre Dame, on the Stanford offense, in my opinion, the offensive line is not very good. It's not very good at yeah. all. It's well below average. It's not a good unit. It's not very talented. It's given up a lot of negatives this year. It's put Nash and Daniels in a lot of bad situations. It's stunted the the running game for Stanford a lot of the time. I think the skill position has some redeemable qualities, but Notre Dame has a chance to dominate what I believe is a well below average offense. Yeah. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's small. Ryan, I talked about this on Wednesday. I think they have three projected starters that are sub 300 pounds. Uh, against Cal, they started two true freshmen. Like true freshmen. And it's not even just that they're young. Like I said this in the show, Ryan, and, 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 I'm, and, and I'm curious if you agree with this. It's not just that they're young. Like you can watch. Like remember Florida State had that, was it 2011? Had that really bad offensive line, but like they started like three freshmen. It was like Bobby yeah. Hart, and yep. and you're like, man, they're really bad right now. But if they can keep all these guys together in a couple years, they got a chance to be pretty good because you could see talent there. They just were young. It was it, it was like Trey Jackson and Bobby yeah. Hart and those guys. And then they yeah. went out yeah. two years later, and they were like part of an offense that scored 50 points a game and won a national championship, right? Like so, you could see the potential. I don't really see that at Stanford. Like I don't even. It's not that just they're they're young. They're just not overly talented. Like this isn't like it's not like they got, you know, uh, Andres Pete and Josh Garnett and DeCastro and they're all freshmen and they're, right. you know, they're hoping to kind of get going. It's like, yeah, they're just not good. And right. or even a Walker Little or something, man. Yeah. Like they don't have any of those guys. Yeah. yeah they don't, they don't, it just, yeah. it's just not there. And yeah. so that's just an area where to me, you've got a feast. And that's why dominate the line of scrimmage is number one, right? To your point, because if Dash and Daniels can sit in the pocket and be comfortable, he'll 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 make plays. Go ask Washington. Oh, yeah. Right. Like yeah. Washington actually shut Stanford down pretty good early because they were getting after the quarterback. And like they got the couple early sacks, they got the intentional grounding because two guys came free off the edge. And and I think it was like 21-7 at one point in time. And then Stanford's second half made some adjustments. Washington didn't get as much pressure on Daniels, and he went off in the second half because they weren't getting pressure on him. And so, you know, he he does have some ability. Like that's where they do have some talent. Is you know, quarterback's yeah. got some some decent ability. You know, I don't I don't think he's like a stud or anything, but he's got some tools. And we'll talk more about him here in in part two. But he has some decent weapons to throw to. That if you're not disciplined. And if you're not, you know, dominating line of scrimmage, he's comfortable. They're they're going to make some plays because yep. the the receiver, for example. Well, I'll hold off on that till we get to to point number three. But you've yep. got to dominate the line of scrimmage, and then also practically, just this is what we talked about last year. You've got to completely overwhelm the run game. And when you look at the numbers last year, Stanford had like forty something carries for like ninety one yards, and it wasn't like a sexy number, but. They just kept churning out three yard gains, four yard gains. They would convert third and ones and third and twos. And it was just, yeah, you know, they they just rip off every. They had like two or three, just like where they'd cut back and hit a couple nice runs. Where you're like, they're not running for a lot, but it's just yeah. they're controlling the clock, they're shortening the game, and you're just letting them get yards they shouldn't get. It was a very frustrating game. 
where this is a game where you should pretty much do to Stanford's run game, you know, what, what Stanford did to like Washington state almost, you know what I mean? Like they really shouldn't be able to run for much against Notre Dame. Now, of course, Notre right. Dame's Achilles heel. If there is one on defense, it's the, the, it's the run defense. It hasn't been great. It should look a lot like the pit game, Ryan. It should look a lot like the NC state game. It should look that's, that's how this run game should be. I don't want to see like last week's game or like wait, you know, Clemson where those weren't very good run teams either. And you just kind of let them, you know, mistakes and, you know, because you got too blitz happy and at times against those teams and you allowed them to kind of get outside of your blitzes with runs. I don't want to see that mess. Dominate the line of scrimmage with your front, then let your linebackers fly to the football. And that's going to basically eliminate the run game. And if you eliminate the run game, I don't know that Stanford can score more than once in this game. Right. Right. Like that's my, that's my thing. Well, the, the most frustrating part about the game last year, and I think you hit on it, is Casey Filkins didn't have the greatest statistical game of all time, but it just seemed like every time they needed a conversion, the kid got it. It was just so frustrating, man. It was like third and two. He's got it. Third and three. He's got it. Just kind of turning yardage. It just seemed like there just weren't, weren't a ton of negatives last year, and that might even be incorrect. So that's just kind of how it seemed watching that football game, right? So – yeah, I mean, shutting down the run game means keeping it off schedule. We've already talked about that the passing game has some redeemable qualities, you know, and we'll talk more about Ashton Daniels. We'll talk more about Alec Ayanamore. We'll talk more about Tiger Bachmeyer. We'll talk more about Sam Roush because they are the redeemable qualities of this offense, but they are only at their most effectiveness when you have a baseline to work off of. If, if Sanford's not able to run the football at all and it's just a strictly one-dimensional offense, the Notre Dame's defensive line and Notre Dame's blitzes are going to be able to get to Ashton Daniels, and they're going to get into some bad situations, which leads to number two, Brian, because one thing that can scare you from a passing game perspective, just kind of to start it off, start the conversation off, is that Ashton Daniels is a good athlete, man. He is. I mean, last year, he was used a little bit by Stanford as almost like a wildcat quarterback. They used his legs a little bit, and this is a kid that – quarterback run game at times but more as an extender and as a guy that can break the pocket and pick up a first down when needed this kid can run a little bit man he can move he's a pretty good athlete Notre Dame needs to be able to really keep him in check and not allow his legs to be a big part of this football game you need to contain this young man because he is a good athlete he is a kid that can get out on the on the edge he can get outside and, and extend the play He's a good athlete overall at the quarterback position. And not as much recently, but we have seen in the past where athletic quarterbacks that can create second effort yeah. has hurt Notre Dame at times. And this cannot be one of those cases because he is probably their their biggest potential for making a little bit of a headache if he's able to create a couple of big plays outside of structure. Well, Ryan, that's that's a lot of what allowed Duke to get back in that game against Notre Dame earlier in the year was was that right there it was you were shutting them down in the first half shutting them down shutting them down shutting them down and all of a sudden second half Riley Leonard starts kind of getting his legs going rips off a long run and and he almost goes for 100 yards and to your point that is one thing that we don't we don't we haven't talked a lot about and, and I'm really glad that you said that but outside of a game here a game there Al Golden has really done a good job of shutting down mobile quarterbacks, which was something yeah. that was an issue for Notre Dame in the past under Clark Lee, uh, yeah. especially. 
And even at times against Notre Dame last year, like they did a pretty good job against Drake May after the first series. Like first series, it went right down the field. Drake May had like three scrambles, mm-hmm. but shut him down after that. Uh, Caleb Williams obviously had some big plays with his legs. We haven't really seen that as much this year. I, f- I feel I feel like Jack Plummer for Cal last year had a couple. Scrambles. Oh yeah, it's like they just like, lost. Dude, what is going that, on? <laughs> that's what I said last week against Wake. It felt like I was watching a 2022 Notre Dame defense again in the first half because you had that yeah. rush where Jeremiah or Jordan Patel just goes way wide. And the quarterback just steps in on third down and just like that's about as easy of a third down conversion as you're ever going to have as a quarterback. And it was frustrating because it's like, dude, that's the stuff they've been avoiding. But outside of Riley Leonard, who's just he kind of did that to everybody when he was before he was hurt. I mean, he ran all over Clemson. He ran all over Northwestern. He ran all over Notre Dame. You know, turns out those are three pretty good defenses this year, Ryan. You know what I mean? Like and he ran all over all three of them. Outside he also ran that, for like oh, he also ran for like 800 yards last. Just like yeah, you know, the kid can just run. He can yeah, just run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so outside of that, Ryan, yeah, kid had 13 touchdowns a year before. Outside of that, it's like they haven't really had those struggles. You've got to make sure you continue that in this game because that can be the equalizer. That can be the third and ten. You lose contain. Ashton Daniels can tuck it in against no contain and run for a first down. That's how you let a bad offense move the chains enough on you to have success. And Notre Dame cannot afford to have that happen because, again, if Ashton Daniels is forced to be a, a pocket kid against Notre Dame, their offense won't move the ball because they don't – Not and that's not a knock on him. If he's sitting in the pocket and the Notre Dame defensive line is playing with good contain, here's the deal. they He won't have time to throw the football. He won't yep. – he's not there yet. He, he Maybe he could get there down the road. But it's not there yet where he's just going to pick you apart. Yeah, he did good against the Washington defense. That's not a very good defense. It's right. not. Uh, it, it's It's been better the last couple of weeks, but it's not a very good defense. Notre Dame has a very good defense. And so that's why you've got to make sure that you just don't let him use his legs to rip off big plays. You know, if they run a designed run and he runs for six or seven yards a couple of times, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm more talking about you have the you lose gap integrity and he turns a power read into a 30-yard gain. Or more so, in the drop-back game, you lose contain in your pass rush, you bring an overload pressure, it doesn't hit home, and that kid steps up and runs for 30 yards. Those are the things you can't allow to happen in this game. You know, if he rushes for 50 yards, it better be on 20 attempts. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting at, Ryan, is you've got to keep him yep. from taking that game over. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. I agree because he is a because one thing that we talked about on the phone the other day, Brian, is that Notre Dame's pass defense is fantastic. They can cover for days, and they're very good at it. I mean, you talk about what Xavier Watts has been doing, talk about Cam Hart, talk about Benjamin Morrison, talk about the backup corners. I mean, 
throw Thomas Harper into there. He's been playing good football in the latter stages of the season. Notre Dame's a really good pass coverage team. You know what Notre Dame isn't great at always, though, is consistently getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. That is one thing. that, and, and I'm not talking about just sacks. I'm talking about consistently getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Notre Dame needs to be able to pressure this kid on Saturday, and they need to be able to affect him, and they need to also be able to get him on the ground at times, right? You need to be able to do those things. Do not allow this kid who is a playmaker at the quarterback position. He's a pass-first kid, but he has the ability to run the football. Do not allow that to be the backbreaker in this football game because that's exactly what it is because mm-hmm. if you have great if you have great coverage everywhere you know six seconds and then all of a sudden this kid breaks the pocket and he's down the field for a 15-yard gain for a first down it's a backbreaker to a defense man you start looking around like dude like what are we doing man like yeah. that's just can't let that be your Achilles heel this weekend I agree completely other thing you can't allow to be your Achilles heel because you also Notre Dame has been very good at this so far this year they haven't let up a ton of huge plays on yeah. as a defense this year. Have not allowed a ton. Stanford is a team when they've been their most dangerous. You think about the second half of the Colorado game. You mentioned Washington for a good portion of that game. They're a team that has lived off of making some big plays. Yeah. Alec Aomenor, the wide receiver, who was the one that went for over 300 yards against Colorado, against Travis Hunter mostly. That kid... Roy to Travis Hunter in the second half. It was like 11 catches for like 330 yards or some crazy number like that. It was it was nuts. But that kid is what we consider a true boundary in Notre Dame sense, right? Yeah. 6'2", 210, can play in the boundary, has enough speed to get vertical, but he's a big body pass catcher that can win down the field. You also have Tiger Bachmeyer, who I believe had like a 40-something yard touchdown last week or the week before. So he's made a couple big plays in this offense. Sam Roush filling in for... Benjamin Yorosek has been a pretty nice freshman tight end for them as well. But Ayo Menor is the guy that I'll be having my eyes on defensively when he's going up against Benjamin Morrison because he'll be in the boundary mostly against yeah. Benny M as long as he's as long as he's healthy and ready to go. And then Tiger Bachmeyer is more of a field guy. They're going to move him around a little bit, play him in the slot, play him on the outside. But they have a couple kids that can create some big plays in the passing game, especially. Notre Dame needs to be able to limit that impact and especially in the run game. Like no, like AJ Smith. I don't want to see AJ Smith, like pop off a 40 yard run. Right. I don't want to see that in this game. I don't want to see Ashton Daniels on a QB. You mentioned it like QB power, just like getting a 30 yard gain. Yeah. Limit the big plays, make this team have to be one of those games. That's a consistent trying to move the chains and get long drives. This team has shown that they are not that type of offense. They can't be sustainable that way. They're not, Ryan. And, and I think when you look at, like you said, their pass game, I, I, I've kind of joked about this before. But I have, I've had a couple of people say, man, this, this Stanford team scares me. And I say, okay, why? And they're like, man, their offense is really dangerous. And I'm like, okay, what games of them have you watched this year? I watched Washington and Colorado. I was like, okay, that's the only two games you could have watched this year to make you think that. But the point is, they can do it. They can be that team if you let them be that team. I was watching the Washington game and and uh, the first touchdown it was like a like a thirty nine yard touchdown that he the Ella had against uh, Washington it was just a straight go route where he gave the guy a nice little move beats the guy for a touchdown and it Ashton Daniels just kind of threw it up he's a guy that can win contested catches he can he can outplay for the football because he's even though he's young he's a pretty strong kid he's got some thickness to him size wise very strong very strong. and that's yeah. that's an issue that Benjamin Morrison has had I mean and, and again issue relative to his him. You know what I mean? Like if 
when he has gotten beat, when him and Cam have gotten beat a couple times, it's been like guys winning one-on-one contested balls, and it was a good throw, and and he can kind of make those plays. So, you know, y- y- there are some weapons, like like Tiger Bachmar you talk about, Ryan, and he has pretty much been a sort of a short game option route, quick yeah. game guy for most of the year, but a couple times this year we've seen him – you know, if you don't if you don't pay attention, he can beat you on a seam. He can beat you on an over. He can beat you over the top. You mentioned the forty one yard touchdown pass against Cal last week. He had almost a hundred yards on only four catches against Arizona, who has a decent defense this season, right? So there have been times where if you don't if you don't pay attention to him and you're not locked in and you just think he's going to run short routes all day, he's a quality athlete that can beat you down the field. And and so those are all parts of we remember Yurisek. That was one of the big plays Stanford had against Notre Dame in, in 2021. Is wow. ran an in cut? Xavier Watts took a bad angle on it. He catches a midfield, boom, outruns the defense vertically. That kid's a great athlete for a tight yeah. end, man. It's a shame. I, I'm actually I'm actually uh, like I'm disappointed I won't be seeing him against Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, like I would have loved to see that matchup yeah. of him versus Xavier Watts at times and yep. matching up like. Yeah, but unfortunately yeah. it won't be there, but they still have some firepower outside of him. Right, obviously. and so you've got to limit the big plays. That's the key, Ryan, because Stanford has zero chance of winning this game if they have to put a bunch of drives together. Zero. Even last year, for all the issues, and they only scored 16 points last year, guys. Like, that's it. They didn't move the ball up down the field. They just did enough to outscore last year's team. Say whatever you want about Notre Dame this year. If you're if you're being an objective fan and there's somebody in the chat that's just going off about how we might see Notre Dame come out and run 13 personnel being conservative, I'm like, look, guys, I understand that we've seen that against some of the better teams, but that's not what they've done against teams like this, right? So if you're going to have that conversation, let's have a conversation about who this team is. Notre Dame has shown those problems against Ohio State and against, especially against Duke and Louisville and Clemson. Stanford's not them. You know, against these teams, they do come out and score. If you lose to Stanford, it's because your defense doesn't show up. That's how you lose to Stanford in this game, in my opinion. And how that how that hurts you is if they're able to rip off big plays. Because if they can't generate five, six big plays, they're not going to score. Barring the Notre Dame offense handing them points, Brian, like with turnovers and special teams handing them points. So that's the big thing is just limit limit big plays. You do that. And they don't have much of a chance. And so, you know, I'm worried about Amanor. I'm worried about Tiger Bachmar getting free over the middle. And I'm worried about Ashton Daniels' legs. And then turning a running back loose out of the backfield because they will they will throw to their running backs out of the backfield, especially in this game where they're just because yep. they're gonna they're gonna look at the weight game last week and be like, Notre Dame's very aggressive, and they can sometimes maybe be too aggressive. And if we can catch them on a reverse or a double pass or something like that at the right time. We might be able to make make a big play. That's Stanford's yep. going to try to pull some of those 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 rabbits out of their hat, and you've got to be prepared for it and not let them not let them work like you did last week against Wake on that what one drive. It's like one drive. Yeah. Wake did it in one drive. Yeah. Don't allow that stuff. Two and, different you, two different trick plays on one drive. It was yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know Stanford's going to try to do some of that stuff, and you've got to be prepared for it and shut it down. Well, the, I, re- I really believe that this is a game too, where I mean, I think it's perfectly said is that. Stanford has nothing to lose, man. You're not, they're not going bowling guys. They're three and eight, you know, like the best case scenario is that you're four and eight going into the off season with a big win over Notre Dame, trying to propel you into a lot of off season momentum. That's the best case scenario for Stanford. Worst case is they're three and nine. There's not a huge difference between three and nine and four and eight. You're still not a good football team, right? But if you win the last game of the season, 
favorite line from Moneyball is if you don't win the last game of the season, nobody gives an S, right? Like nobody cares. Nobody cares. But if you win that last game, then you feel like, okay, cool. Aya is coming back. Tiger Bachmeyer is coming back. Ashton Daniels is coming back. We have a couple nice recruits in the 2024 class that are coming in. You start feeling better about the situation at Stanford. So yeah, man, they're going to, they're going to throw the kitchen sink out there. I think offensively and defensively, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a trick play. I wouldn't be surprised if defensively, they just say like, Hey, Tristan Sinclair blitzing all night. <laughs> just go, you know, like I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. David, you know, maybe some, some stunts up front some and twists, get him over like the everything. guards and things like yeah. that. Like if I, if I'm them on third down, I'm putting David Bailey over top of Pat Coogan, yeah. either directly or on a stunt and just saying that guy's, that's the slowest guy they got. And he can't check David Bailey on third down. Why not? Right. Yeah. Why not? I, I, I would do it, man. I would. So throwing the kitchen sink out is going to be the game plan. I think on both sides for, for Stanford, but those are the keys to victory, folks. Again, this is a game where Notre Dame should win. They should win handily. We should be seeing Steve Angeli and hopefully a little bit of Kenny Minchie in the fourth quarter. This could be that type of football game, but Notre Dame needs to answer the bell and continue the momentum from last week. That's our defensive keys victory for Notre Dame. We are going to get into our game predictions next. So before we go, like button, subscribe to the podcast, listen to our favorite podcast platform, please. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated. You can go to boards.averagebreakdown.com for your latest team and recruiting intel. Go Irish. We'll check to you guys next on the game predictions here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.